ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another Dish Shelter Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. Greetings and salutations. So when I see that like rotating alt confusion uh -huh. symbol, it reminds me of like the old Microprose, like way back in the day when you play colonization, you log on, you're like, this is badass right. 3D. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, this is course, I of course am your host, Charlie, and I'm joined once again by the Plifford Connor himself, Zelius. So Curiosity, do you hear any rustling by what? any chance? Do you hear a rustling of no. paper? Okay, good. No, I do not. Le My cat's going crazy with paper, and I didn't know if my uh, mic was no, picking it no. up or not. Ladies and gentlemen, this, of course, is yep. a Thursday night show. This is Thursday, yeah, this is a Thursday night. Oh, my Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a Thursday night hangout. This is a live show where we try our best to cover the topics most important to you during the show. At any time during the show, you can add your voice, your opinion, your question, your thoughts to the chat. All you got to do is go to Twitch, YouTube, or Facebook, drop it there, and we will add it to the show. If we do, unfortunately, run out of time, we will add it to the very next show. Just as long as you know that we are always right. Or at least yes, one, of, one us. of us is bound to be correct. How about that? Well, I think we know which Obviously, one that is. But that doesn't need to be said. Okay. <clears throat> so let's start off the show with a fun little uh, oops-a-daisy that's been happening all day long to quite a few games out there that require um, an internet connection. And that is that apparently some games out there, including uh, one of the EA um, uh racing games, uh, racing game, uh, did not take into consideration the fact that sometimes in the calendar year, there's this thing called leap day. And apparently <laughs> leap day has really mucked up a lot of games and caused them to crash or like not authenticate because some programmer lazily said February always has 28 days. I mean, there's only like a one in 1,460 chance of it happening. So really, what are the odds? Um, EA had to scramble. Uh, there was a, there's like a Final Fantasy uh, cell phone game that had to, that had to scramble. And there's a bunch of other games out there that, um, yeah, that, that the, the game was like, today is an invalid date. We cannot play. Which is funny because there are programmatic ways to basically not even care what day of the week it is or like any of the above. Right. Um, to get around that exact issue of never having to worry. Like it's a leap year. It's, you know, Y2K or I forget what the next big. I know there's another big issue coming up in a number of years that affects Linux time. Right. Well, my um, calendar is now like, passed, so it's not that one. No, it's like the like it's like based on how they did the dates, like it actually like runs out of memory or something in a couple of years, um, based off of epoch time. Uh, twenty thirty eight, insufficient capacity used to represent time. Yeah, and you would think like you know two thousand thirty eight. That's twenty. That's fourteen years. That's plenty of time. Well, well, actually, so it apparently will only affect uh, 32-bit systems. Well, I take the entire uh, document. 3, 14, and 7 seconds UTC on the 19th of January, 2038. 
Yeah. I mean, there will be systems. That oh will God. Be yes, absolutely. That. Look, we both, we both have dabbled in uh, very, uh, in systems that are quite antiquated. And, um, it's because some companies are in the opinion that if it ain't broke, don't fix it, which is totally fine until that system has so far sunset it, which means it's been retired. It's not longer supported, but Hey, it still works. So let's keep using it until that sunsetted product basically implodes on you. I mean, Hey, you can't hack analog. I'm just saying. But the toggles, let's do toggles on and off, baby. The, tr the, the true tubes. Yeah. All right. So yeah, so that happened. Leap day apparently has caused quite a few, uh, game crashes or game issues. Um, so congratulations to the developers out there who forgot that sometimes there's an extra day in the year. Nice. All right. <clears throat> Next bit of news. Uh, I don't know if anyone's been, uh, is a Tekken fan, you know, Tekken, the fighting game, uh, but Tekken eight recently came out and now the fans and, um, purchasers, consumers of Tekken 8 are all up in arms. And that is because uh, oh shortly after the launch of the game, all of a sudden this tricky, icky thing that Zelius absolutely adores called microtransactions started uh, yes. populating everywhere in Tekken, basically for costumes and, and whatnot. And people are ha are basically having a shit fest because they're like, this is crap. You did... Uh, um, the developer behind Tekken, which of course I'm blanking out on at this very moment in time. God dang it. Um, what is the name of the developer? It's going to tick me off. Um, Bandai Namco. Uh, Bandai yeah. Namco. Yeah. Um, basically the, the, the gamers are accusing Bandai Namco of, uh, basically rigging the reviews because um, they didn't do the microtransactions while the review copies were out. So all the, you know, the big publications came out and it's like, oh my God, it's a great game, blah, 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 blah. And then of course, once we, the, 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 the people actually got to get their hands on it, uh, we're, in, you know, inundated with microtransactions. And so they're like, you bastards. Sounds smart Absolutely. to me, actually. See, here's, here's the thing. And this is, this is unfortunately not something that's going to go away. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but microtransactions are going to be here forever. Um, the reason uh, has to do with the fact that uh, as games and development and technology has increased, the cost of games uh, has gone up. And so as Zelius has put in the chat, the reason is the monies. And now, I yes, there are... I understand some microtransactions. I don't understand microtransaction you to death. Okay. If, if it's, if it's, um, an optional microtransaction where you don't have to, then I don't see a problem with it. But if it's constantly slapping you in the face, like you can't truly play the game unless you start buying shit, then that's when I want to punch someone in the nuts. You mean like exactly. most cell phone games? So, uh, but but here's the thing. Um, one of the I want to say it was was it the developer? One of the Bandai Namco guys came out and and basically 
said basic development costs are now 10 times more expensive than in the 90s and more than double or nearly triple the cost of Tekken 7. Even the fight lounge servers are costly to maintain. Oops, and of course, the, the my website apparently wanted to uh, um, refresh. Here we go. Uh, maintain. In the past, there weren't so many specs and there wasn't online. That's the other thing that you have to factor in is when you... The thing that I loathe, online gaming, actually costs a shit ton to, because you have to maintain servers and all that code base and all... And you know all that jazz, whatever. But basically, uh, they didn't have such high resolution, high definition. Now, so many players want the game to run and be supported for a long time. It costs money to continually update the game for that reason. However, um, let's see. Uh, probably only keeps good memories of old games he experienced as a boy and does not pay attention to these changing times. And basically, the consumer. Uh, is only keeping the good, the good memories of the old games he experienced as a boy, and does not pay attention to these changing times and increasing costs. The economic situation and everything else is changing. If we simply do nothing, as uh, the gamer suggests, the game will simply stop running in a few months. I think that is what they want. So there is no point in talking to the gamers about these re realities. They want. Uh, us to stop economic activity and stop updating and supporting the game. I think... Of course, the risk. So their income has also doubled yep. in the last decade. Um, so the real question is, what do their profits look like? And then what is their... like? That's what I'd be curious. What does their actual margin sheet look like as far as profits and executive pay in regards to all right. that? Um, I mean, if they're not making profit... And the executives are making like, you know, a thousand dollars a year. Then I'll be like, okay, you actually have a good argument. But I mean, I couldn't find the quick information. I can see the revenue without yeah. the profits. Um, actually, wait, gross profits. Yes. Um, yeah. So their gross profit has also doubled in the last decade since 2010. Um, so it's. Also a little bit of, yeah, I mean, but at the same token, I also get that as a public health company, your profits must yep. increase every year, um, which I don't quite understand because you're making a profit. Why does it actually have to increase? But I think that's the naive it's, child. It's this thing called growth. Investors like to see growth. It makes them feel good. Oh, I've heard all about it. <laughs> it makes them feel good about putting more monies um, look here, here's the thing. I, I, I understand that, uh, with, with the way, okay. In this wonderful gaming world that we live in, lots of games are pushed out the door way too early. So there is a shit ton of maintenance that has to be done. And also gamers are expecting every little bug to be fixed almost immediately and that costs money because you're gonna you have to pay the testers you have to pay uh the developers um all that jazz okay i understand that and and, and am i a huge microtransaction fan absolutely not but i as as i've stated many times if i feel that i'm actually getting something out of the 
I like to say donation instead of purchase, but the donation that I'm making to the game, then I'm going to do it. If I, if I don't, then I'm either going to stop playing the game or I'll just keep playing it for free. Um, but as, as Zelius has pointed out many times, there are individuals, uh, those, uh, white whales, um, that going to buy into this like crazy. And that's where, you know, the games can get their money. And yes, uh, there are definitely, there are companies out there who game the system to freaking death to make as big of a profit margin with as little work as possible. But at the same time, once again, there is a maintenance and upkeep fee. Uh, it's no longer, uh, you get the game and then there is no updates. There's no DLC. There's no, um, bug fixing that what you, what you see is what you got. So. Yeah, but you know, I, I, I mean, I can, I, I can understand both sides, but you know, I, I mean, I will say, looking at specifically Bamkai Namco, their operating expenses have gone up a pretty good amount actually yeah. every single year. So there is some validity to what he's saying as far as I mean, and it's a public held company, so they can't really lie about it yep. too much. Um, Hollywood aside, so. There is some bit to that. Um, it, it, there is the reality that, like video games, like AAA titles, have still held at basically sixty dollars for the last how many years? Right. Um, I know there's a couple pushing for the seven dollar price mark now, but really think about like inflation, cost of expenses, cost of video game production, everything else, and really the cost of video games hasn't really increased. Yeah. Even like you think about like a Mid-tier game, like non-AAA, I'll say, has been around 20 30 maybe $40 for right. how long now? And that really hasn't changed either versus you look at something like going to the movies, for instance, has skyrocketed yeah. in the last couple, like last decade or two. So there is some bit of validity, I would say, from a, you know, operating expenditure perspective of, you know, you're an executive and it's also like, why hasn't the cost of video games gone up? Um I think it's a fair question. And I would personally, as long as it's not like the um yeah. pay to win. And if they're making if they're making up the difference for that $60 game with microtransactions for cosmetics, and they're not having increased the base game, I'd rather do that than paying. I mean, because really, like we should be paying over a hundred dollars for new games. Yeah. If you want to keep with the cost of inflation, that's just the reality. But we're not. And I'm happy for that. So to me, it's kind of a compromise of, you know, offsetting it. So like you mentioned the whales, so the whales can also pay extra towards that. It's in a way, it's kind of like a distilled form of yeah. capitalism where you have a few rich people subsidizing, um, you know, the rest of us because they're willing to pay that money to then keep the cost of it low for the rest of us for supply and demand. Right. So, yeah, my hair transactions aren't going anywhere. Like, I mean, every online game has them. Um, I'm with you where it's also how does it, like, bash it into your head. Um, a good example, actually, that I'll give you is mm -hmm. Last Epoch. Um, as far, in terms of developers listening to what the players have to say. So when they released the game, they had this campaign 
where it was, if you got three people to refer, if you refer three people to the game with a referral code, you get this cosmetic mm -hmm. add-on. Well, as this wants to happen, all that happened was chat was inundated with, hey, use my um, friend code so I can get this yep. free cosmetic. It was really obnoxious. So the developer listened, Ixnade the whole developer thing and just gave every, or the whole referral thing and gave everyone mm -hmm. the cosmetic mm -hmm. for free. So to me, that's an example of, there's other cosmetics in the game people purchased. I myself upgraded my version because I want to support the game. But at the same time, when there's really obnoxious microtransaction type of things, yeah. they listen. Um, versus other AAA games where every time we log on to it, they're nagging you for a game you've already purchased $60 for to buy more trans microtransactions. That I find obnoxious. Um, yes. Now, now let's talk about uh, an unfortunate, uh, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? An unfortunate trend that is occurring thanks to microtransactions mm -hmm. in free-to-play games. And that is a new study has found that children and teens are now receive or are now getting bullied or peer pressured if they do not buy shit in free to play games especially the 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 report was centered around uh, Fortnite i thought this was established years ago to be honest i i could have sworn we talked about this a number of years ago in the show specifically with regards to yes, Fortnite and, and, and I really we, thought we, we have, about but it. now uh, a new research by academics from Norway has now published their findings about the fact that kids who don't buy in-game items can are facing bullying from peers in free-to-play games like Fortnite. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying like it's okay, but it's also not surprising. It's the new version of the Air Nikes. Like, are you wearing the cool shoes? I mean, we didn't have to worry about that because we're at private schools. But public schools, it was definitely, I know it was a big thing with, like, are you wearing yep. the cool shoes? Do you have the right T-shirt? Do you have um, the right shoes? Yeah. Do you have the right lunchbox? So, I'm personally proud of uniforms in school because I didn't have to worry about that BS. Um, so it's dumb. It's stupid. But I'm also not surprised at all that that would happen. Um Kids are fascinating creatures. I'll just say that. <laughs> That's one way to put um, it. I mean, social pressure, peer pressure. It's online. It's digital. It's all that good stuff or bad stuff, depending yeah. on your well, I mean, version. I, I mean, it is the the the. It's we live in a world where individuals who do not have the shiny new thing uh, get made fun of. I that's know. always been a thing. Like, it's not like new trend. It's just now it's, I think the difference now is it's like, so if we were made fun of on the playground, cause I remember back in the day, we were made fun of for playing super Mario yeah. brothers on the playground. The difference was like we into school happened. We went home and like yep. it was done and over with and like people yep. forgot the next day and like life went on. Right. Whereas now, and I saw firsthand when I worked at the school, like that shit don't no. go away. And, you know, people will take like screenshots, like amend them, modify them to actually yep. even make them worse. And then they're online for, and they post them online. And like what they'll do is they have like their click of five friends 
and then it'll secretly secretly create the four person right. group. Leaving out the uncool mm -hmm. kid is secretly like talking shit about them on their own like little secret group chat. Even right, but like, but to even to take it yeah. a step further, it, it's no longer you know confined to your grade or or your school because when you go online and and you don't have you know the the shiny new skins for whatever you're you're now being basically bludgeoned uh verbally and you know via pictures and all that stuff by the entire internet not the internet because for some reason uh, having a screen uh, in front of you instead of the actual person makes people's metaphorical balls go absolutely apeshit, and they think they can do anything and everything without any repercussions. I don't think I've ever been made fun of for my skins in video games, like even in I've the game I've been made itself. fun of my play, my play, and... And oh yeah, my, as my, you deserve. The my least favorite ones are the ones that make me really scratch my head. Is when people say you you should just ask for a refund. You suck at this game, and the game's free to play. Well, don't suck so much. Or they could just shut the hell up because I'm playing casual mode. So they can go if they if they are so in their feelings about that, then just play competitive and leave me the f alone. I'm just trying to unwind. Just get better, noob. God damn it. That's so stupid. So stupid. Look, this is why I don't play online games, because I don't want to deal with asshats that are going to ruin my my chance at escaping and having some fun killing bad guys. That is why I do like Final Fantasy fourteen so much, is the community are dicks, and there's no global chat. Um, speaking of online games, the, the new hot... Uh, game online, of course, is Helldivers 2, the uh, the online co No, it's Last Epoch. Okay, Get well, it right, We'll talk man. about that in just a second. But apparently, it was revo revealed that there is an actual game master who is, like, controlling this entire galactic war uh, on the fly. Named Joel, oh. I believe. I, I have watched, like, one combat mission mm -hmm. of Helldivers, I'm like, oh, this looks like fun. Um, Apparently, some people are losing their mind because one of the planets was going to go away or something. I don't know. It's th those that that community has gone absolutely crazy in a good way. It's it's fair. It's a game I'll probably pick up eventually, but not. <laughs> and uh, good uh, good news for you. The developer says have basically told everyone who's interested in the game but can't afford it, it's okay to wait. Just join when you can. So my only fear of a game yeah. like that is, okay, so Final Fantasy fourteen, like you can basically solo mm -hmm. the entire thing. Um, they even have like ways to do like dungeons and stuff with people, like with NPCs. Um, and even then, like when you do like dungeons with other people, like it's not like, it's really hard to actually drag down your entire party. Versus a game like uh, Helldivers, my worry is like, if you wait like a yeah. year to play, because I've seen this with these type of co-op yep. games, right? If you wait a year to play and you're like a brand spanking noob, like people like a mission that like today would have taken, I don't know, 10 minutes to take, people will be completing in like a minute and a right. half a year from now. 
And so like, you'll be just be sitting there like scratching yourself because you're doing like 10% of their damage. Yes. Does that make sense? Right. You know what I'm saying? So that's my worry of a game like that. Like that type of co-op game, like if you wait too long to enter into it, and from what I've seen, like Helldivers 2, like you have to yeah. play it with other people. Like you, you can't solo it. Cause that was my first question. Like, this looks cool. Can I just solo it? It was like, no, like, okay. Um, which is cool. Like they have an agenda. Like that's not a bad thing. It's just mm -hmm. good to know. So that's always my quandary with a game like that is, is waiting too long going to be detrimental to that experience or do they have such like phenomenal matchmaking skills where if you join as a noob a year from now, you'll actually be matched with noobs, which I would hope because the game is what? $30. So. so that should prevent the issue of smurfing where if you don't know what smurfing is, if you're watching is it's like people will get new accounts just to start over, but that's typically an issue in PVP games. So you can like, based on, you know, other people. It's, I don't see it as much in player versus element games like Helldivers. I'm trying to see. Damn, I, it was on my Steam thing, but apparently I can't find it. <laughs> Hold on. Yeah. What, Helldivers? It's, uh, sure it's on 40 my bucks list. right now. Yeah, I think it was on my list like before, like in beta. I was like, oh, because I played Helldivers 1. I was like, oh, that yeah. sounds interesting. All right, so uh, Zelius uh, mentioned a game that is also super-duper popular right now and basically yeah. is, in many many people's opinion, what Diablo 4 should have been. So, Zelius, tell us a little bit about Last Epoch. So, it was in, I say open beta. I mean, right. you had to pay for it. So, early access, I guess, would be the right term. Open beta, closed beta, alpha beta, all these stupid terms. So it was an early access for a number of years, and I've been playing mm -hmm. it off and on for a long time. And last Thursday, actually, um, it went 1.0 full open. Um, and the primitive, what I like most about last epoch is the skill, the different ways you can build your characters. So there's five different classes in each class has its own mastery. Um, so for instance, if you're a Sentinel, that's like your typical Paladin class, you have Paladin, Void Knight, and Forge Knight. Um, so three distinct subclass. So it's 15, like basically subclass, 15 classes right there. And within your own class, you can also like mingle in the other five subclass, other three subclasses mm -hmm. to an extent. What I like about it is each class has a bunch of different skills and you put 20 skill points into each of those different five skills you have, and you can augment them to your heart's desire. Um, so, in, so for example, I am playing, where am I playing right now? Um, like a sorcerer is a good example. You can have a electrical bolt i forgot the actual skills like electrical bolt thing and you can be like single target crazy damage or you can spec it into be like a chain lightning that hits everyone at once or you can spec it into freezing mm -hmm. damage so a lot of these different skills like they usually have like a base like electrical fire or ice and you can spec it like there's usually like a no they'll be like transform all fire mm -hmm. into ice or transform all ice into fire for instance and like as long as you don't totally screw it up, like 
especially during the campaign, like every build is basically viable. And that's why I like it is it's very, there's a ton of different builds you can do and it's not punching to redo your build. So like if you get to like level 40, you're like, well, this build sucks. You can literally reset all your skills and then pretty quickly you get the skill points back to redo those skills. Yeah, I like it because it gets at the dopamine effect, meaning when you're playing, you're basically leveling up those skills all over again really quickly. So it's like ding, ding, ding. You get to redo the points and see how your character progressing. So it's like the happy medium. What people compare it to, which I think is accurate, is it's a medium between Diablo 4 and Path of Exile. Path of Exile, you better get like four different spreadsheets, two different websites, like 18 different videos. So you have everything planned out. You know what to do. Because if you don't do it right, you just brick your entire character and just give up at life now because it's not even worth trying. Um, and then Diablo 4, my, my biggest criticism of Diablo 4 is there's no mm -hmm. build variety. Like there's four classes, five classes, however many classes there are, there's kind of like two main paths, if you even want to call them that, for each class. And they're five. just... Barbarian, Rogue, yeah. Sorcerer, Necromancer, and Druid. Yeah, and I will say to Diablo's credit, like it is easy to redo your class. Like I was saying, like last Epoch, you can redo it. It's no, it's Diablo 4, you can quickly redo your class too, but it's just not as interesting to level mm -hmm. character, honestly. Because the biggest thing was with Diablo 4 is each of your skills basically has like one choice of what to do with it. And it really doesn't drastically affect that skill anyways. It's like, oh, this gives you 15% extra crit or it changed to another enemy. Like that's the extent of right. your choices. Um, so that's why I make it, the combat itself and the actual visuals are phenomenal in Diablo 4. Like they've always done that well, but the actual like core part of skills and leveling up is just not very interesting in Diablo 4. And to me, that's what Last Epoch mm -hmm. does so well is the leveling process, the skills, they're just fun um, that you can do. And then crafting is also between the two. Um, you can do crafting. I mean, that's there. So it's just a good RPG. Craft, if you if you like it. Do you not craft? Uh, it's So the, the crafting in Last Epoch is it's augmenting the items mm -hmm. you already have. Personally, in the campaign, I found fairly little reason to craft because the campaign's really not that hard. So there really wasn't a whole lot of reason to actually craft. Are you just saying you're just an OP player? I'm just that good, man. Uh, so I didn't do a whole lot of crafting a page. Really want to get, when you get to the right. end game loop is where that actually starts happening more. Uh, my problem that I have is I get to end game. And I just start a new character. I have like eight characters at level 40. It's kind of stupid on my part. <laughs> I have altitis, bad altitis. But that's what I like. It's like each character class is a completely unique experience mm -hmm. to the others. So, yes, I'm very addicted to that game. Um, and, I mean, the launch did kind of suck, to be fair. Um, I know that there's the issue with the Steam reviews uh, where when you look at it, it's... I don't know if it's cycled out, but the most recent was whatever the middle is mixed. Yeah. Mixed reviews um, because of the review bombs, because the servers were getting killed and yes, didn't really it's, work. It's still so mixed. That was, 
Yeah, so that was a very legitimate issue, um, which I know we talked about it last week, but it's still weird to me because it's one of those things where like it's a legitimate complaint and issue, but at the same time, should a review for like all of eternity's sake be based on the first release of a game? I don't have a good solution to it because you also have the right to leave a review if it was unplayable for X amount of time. I get it. So it kind of cuts right, both ways. And that's why it, it, you know, they do the, the recent reviews, 68% are, uh, are favor. 68% of the recent reviews are favorable. So it looks like it's, it's going up. Yeah. And I'm sure once the servers like figure themselves out and they get back to yeah. happy state, that they'll bounce themselves out. Um, yeah, because if you're an ARPG fan, really the next thing you have to wait for is really POE2, and that's probably not till next year. Yeah. Speaking of things to look forward to, if you have a PlayStation 5, then you should probably, if and you are a JRPG fan, then you probably have already picked up the new Final Fantasy VII chapter. If you are a PC gamer like me, you just have to sit on your hands and wait for the port. But I've heard, if what I've read, it's like yes, huge. It's huge, and uh, the one thing that I that I have heard is that there has been some issues when you put it in performance mode. Um, mm. uh, on the PlayStation Five, uh, a lot of people are resorting to switching it to thirty frames per second, uh, so that their experience looks good. Um, you know, honestly, like when I'm watching my TV, like. Especially in a RPG like that, I can't tell the difference between 30 and 60 yeah. FPS. I'm sure, like, if I really thought about it and really looked, I could tell. But, like, if you just did a blind test, like, one day it was 30 FPS and the next day it was 60 FPS, I couldn't tell right. you what day it was right. what. Like, yes. And I, I would venture to guess most gamers are that way. Where most of us, especially at RP, like, may, like I get it, like competitive FPS, you're on your monitor, you're sitting close. That's a little yeah. bit different. Um, but an RPG, I'm like, eh, well, it's especially fine. if it's a, if it's a single player game, the the changes in FPS are yeah. not going to change frames per second. For those who don't know what FPS is, um, mm-hmm. the, you know, it's not going to make a heck of a difference. Now, of course, if you're playing, you know, uh, live action combat online, those those frames mean a lot more yeah no i agree that's that's a very different yeah. situation um yeah i care I, I care more about the pretty pixels that do about getting the 60 fps is right. kind of how i look right. at it that would kind of be my that's that's how i i can never i always forget the difference between performance and um i forgot they, what they what they actually call the other um, mode oh Quality. I always have to like look. Quality? Wait, yeah. I always have to. I can never remember which one's actually which. No. All right. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to pause just for a second to thank the individuals who make Alter Confusion the Alter Confusion you love and adore. And so, we have friends of the show. And so, without further ado, let's jump into it. Let's start off with the Indie Cluster. The Indie Cluster is an organization of independent game developers that want to gain exposure by being involved in the community. They collectively journey to popular conferences as a traveling booth to help gain attention for their games. They make partnerships in local communities to bring games to the mainstream mindset. 
They highlight local, unusual, and rare concepts to challenge the paradigm of the common. They also host events to teach kids and minority groups about game development to hopefully one day enter the industry themselves. For more information, go to IndieCluster.com. The next shout-out we got to give is to the AV master himself. That, of course, is Noodle Boy Media. Founded in 2015 by Andrew Tran, Noodle Boy Media, previously White Kid 47 Media, is your choice for professional photo shoots and panel recordings at conventions. They pride themselves in providing a high level of professionalism, top-notch experiences, and quality services. If you want more information and to view their full list of services, check out facebook.com slash noodleboymedia. The next shout out we got to give is to the individual who can help get those aches and pains out of your tired gamer body. And he was here today to help uh, me with just that issue. Ladies and gentlemen, Hero Chiropractic is a unique healthcare practice set up by Ryan Moore, the company's focus to elevate a patient's experience of freedom, creative expression, and joy. They believe that everyone can be a hero and has incredible heroic potential inside themselves waiting to be unleashed. Hero Chiropractic focuses on mobile chiropractic care in the greater Atlanta area. They are committed to healing clients by creating a plan of action uniquely suited for each person. They make that plan of action as convenient and affordable as possible, and most importantly, suited to your individual needs. For more information, go to HeroChiropractic.com. The next one, the next shout out we got to give is to the music maestro himself, Crosspad Creative. Need a new logo or want to work on a full branding and content strategy? Or maybe you need music or audio for your content, just like Alta Confusion? Crosspad Creative offers a whole host of solutions for individuals and small businesses. Just email Josh at crosspadcreative at gmail.com and see what he can do for you. The final shout out we got to give is to the original supporter of Alter Confusion when it comes to Patreon, Patreon, and that of course is Agile Axiom. By day, Axe leads both the development team and system administration team working with satellites at NASA's Goddard campus. But while not in meetings and many times during, he is the Agile evangelist Agile Axe, championing the philosophy of Agile and trying to make the world a better place for software developers, testers, system admins, and software projects the world over. Decades of experience in software development and leading agile teams are brought to bear against evil processes, inefficient work, and bad habits. For more information and also to find out where you can get his book, go to agileaxiom.com. Now, at this very moment, I know everyone out there is going, oh my God, how do I become a friend of the show? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's quite simple. And I can just tell you right now, ladies and gentlemen, Alter Confusion survives and loves support of fans like you. And that's why we have a Patreon page. Patreon lets you, the fans, lovers, haters, demigods, intermetal beings, gods, demons, aliens, swamp creatures, mummies, vampires, werewolves, other lycanthropes, supporters, and more to become active participants in the work we love through a monthly membership. This gives you access to exclusive content, community, and insight into our creative process. In exchange, we gain a bit more freedom to do our best work and the stability we need to build an even stronger creative career. We currently have two tiers. We have the $1 tier. That's $1 a month or $12 a year. And what that gets you is uh, the ability to t partake in patron-only posts uh, and also early access to all of our playthroughs. If you are feeling a little bit frisky and you 
you want to jump up to the next level, there is a $5 a month. That's $5 a month or $60 a year. Not only do you get everything at the $1 tier, but you also gain your name or organization added to every single friend of the show section for the Thursday night hangout. So if you want to become a Patreon of Alter Confusion, all you got to do is go to Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Altered Confusion today. Now, uh, Zelius dropped something in the chat, and I do want to... Um, I'm unfortunately not wearing my Alter Confusion hat tonight, but if you're interested in uh, get, getting Alter Confusion merchandise, like a really sweet-looking hat or maybe a vinyl sticker or a um, sandals, sandals or flip-flops or uh, the, the notebook, all you got to do is go to alteredconfusion.tv slash merch, and you can check out what we have up there for you. Wait, wait. Are 12 and a half flip-flops large enough no. for you? Ah, you can't even get your own down. I know. I know. I wear 13s. <laughs> That's very, you can't like squeeze no, into but them. But if I were to get Alter Confusion flip flops, it would be, my son would be the the benefactor of those. I would just get it for nice. his foot size because right now he, his foot size is in range. But knowing him, he'll probably have bigger feet than I do once he grows up a little bit more. That sounds terrible. Frightening is more like it. Mm. Okay, so let's... I just know finding shoes has to be a pain in the ass. It, it is a pain in the ass. Uh, okay, uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump back into some more of the topics. And the, the next couple of topics deal with the unfortunate state of the game industry. And the result of the unfortunate state of the game industry is that there are layoffs happening left and right. PlayStation has announced that they are cutting, I think, 900 jobs. Uh, from Yikes. themselves and all the, the companies that they own. Uh, one of the companies that's getting hit hard is Insomniac Games, uh, which is very sad. Um, Insomniac has made a, a lot of really good games. Um, this is, Of course, Insomniac is um, in charge of the game like um, Spider-Man. Uh, which yeah, is a good game. They're phenomenal games uh uh naughty dog uh who's the company behind last of us which is apparently a phenomenal tv show as well as a very solid game Jeez. they've been hit by layoffs um i mean basically it it looks like um <laughs> it looks like basically every company underneath sony is getting some kind of reduction uh it's just unfortunate that you know this is happening now Speaking of layoffs, let's also uh, not forget to mention the fact that EA has been laying off a shit ton of of employees as well. And, of course, with the EA layoffs, they're also canceling games. One of the games um, uh, that is now no longer a thing is the uh, – basically, if, if you've played the, uh, the, the Jedi Survivor games – the basically the yeah. same team behind that was going to make a game. I think it was a it was either a first person or a third person shooter. It was going to be based in the Mandalorian lore. That game's gone. They they've canceled it. Uh, that's just one of the many games that they've canceled. But this is unfortunately this is the state of the industry we have right here, and this is why we get microtransaction out to Ying Yang, um, because companies. Here's the thing. Um, in many different industries when you are hired you are 
basically there until you move on to greener pastures or you screw something up and you get fired or you um or you retire but in the game industry literally there is like no stability at all in the game industry right now literally you you work on a game as soon as that game goes gold there's a very good chance that you are not going to roll over into the next game's team you are going to be on the unemployment line uh, and looking for a new job. That's that's how the game industry is, is working right now. Uh, we, Do you have any good news? Because I'm depressed um, now. The, the company Toys for Bob uh, has decided to break away from the Activision Blizzard uh, monster. Uh, Toys for Bob is the, is the company behind the latest Crash Bandicoot and... Oh shoot! What was the other one? Um, let me see if I can pull. Let me see if I can find. Nope, that's not it. What a great name for I a know. company. Um, Toys for Bob. Uh, oh, the Skylander games and uh, is Skylander still a thing? Apparently, you just mentioned it. Uh, that's just crazy because Skylanders. Do you? The insanity. I never the played insanity Skylanders. Behind like. Skylanders thing. Th this was basically microtransactions before micro before microtransactions went digital. Marcus, you had to buy the damn figurines. Exactly. Like, put you, on had, a you had to get thing? a third party. Yeah. It was called uh, it was like the the power portal that you had to plug in. It was a USB plug in for your console. You had to buy the figurines to basically put them on the portal to unlock them in the Skylander game. Yep. And Nintendo. It still does sort of that with the the uh, what do you call it the amoebies, which I I've never really oh. I mean I think I bought like two of them but then it turns out that like the games that 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 amoeba could actually be used I didn't own so I was like this is stupid. Um, That's something I thought about a long time. Yeah. So, uh, Gearbox is absolutely sprinting away from uh, Embracer Group. Uh, I saw the, that. The company... Oh, shoot. What's the name of... Somebody else is leaving Embracer yeah, Group, too. Um, I saw it oh, today. Is it Remedy? Is it Remedy? So, uh, Remedy did something recently. Saber, Saber Interactive. Interactive. Yeah, they paid... Was it $500 million? Or Yep. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, look. Here's the thing. I don't know what the hell Embracer Group's doing. They're They basically are the unofficial grim reaper of the game industry now because they literally they just they bought, bought everyone, everyone and, and then they started they just place. closing studios canceling games um laying people off it so every if your company is part of the embracer group and you feel that maybe you could continue to stand on your own you are trying to find a buyout real quick because you don't want your fate uh, sealed by this butcher. It can go both ways. So going back to yeah. Sony real quick, just yeah. for reference, um, their profits rose 16% or $50 billion mm -hmm. last year. So like Embracer actually yep. lost money. So that is understandable. But you look at like the EAs and the Sonys um, and they're making record profits. So that's where it's, 
I know it's an idealistic world. I totally get it. But it still sucks when you have these companies making big ass profits and they're still laying off people left and right. That um, that that company you're talking about, Saber, yeah. that they were the guys yeah. they're the guys in charge of the uh Kotor remake. Oh. I think I remember like when Embracer bought them, it was like, well, this sucks because Embracer, like you mentioned at the time, was like, well, that's where games go to die. Kind of like yeah. what was happening with EA yep. Activision. Yep. <sighs> or if they don't die, they're just a shell of themselves. It, it's, it's the Activision approach. You buy up a company, then you skin the company, and then put the skin of that company on a mannequin and say, oh, look, they're still alive and well. <laughs> Blizzard. Also known as the Broadcom strategy. Yeah. Uh, now, uh, Nintendo is in a legal battle with the popular emulator Yuzu. Um, and they had, a, whoever their legal counsel is, must have spoken out of turn or, 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 or misspoken or something because... Um, they said something very stupid. Uh, they basically said, oh. a video game emulator is a piece of software that allows users to unlawfully play pirated video games that were published only for specific consoles. No, wait, hold on. Where, where's, that's not it. Where is it? Um, uh, maybe that is it. Video consoles on a general purpose computing device. So they basically say that all uh, emulators are evil. Um, but well, of course, Nintendo yeah, believes but, that. But fact check this, uh, the, uh, the Nintendo online thing, which allows you, which is an emulator to allow you to play all the classic Nintendo and Sega games, uh, through their cloud service, uh, which you pay for. Um, yeah. So my understanding at the big, stink over mm -hmm. yuzu, yep, yuzu is what it is is that it allowed it specifically like went out of its way to allow pre-access to games like um breath of the wild yeah and so to me that so from what i've seen that's what really made put it on nintendo's yeah. radar was like they specifically built it or updated whatever it is for that early pre-release yep. access uh so if that's the case, I can understand why Nintendo gets a little bit upset. No, I, absolutely. I just, I, I just want to point out that here they are saying, you know, emulators are only for pirating. It's they're evil, and yet that's basically, I don't know, a third of their business model right now is through emulation. I somehow doubt like their lawyer actually knows anything about video games. I let's let's be honest. Most people that that are in the law profession or in the political profession have no idea what video games really are they're just bad yes, absolutely a waste oh, of time God, yes absolutely waste of time need to be thrown away locked away killed maimed destroyed whatever preach ah uh -huh. so but yeah I just find, I just thought it was funny that someone. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. Um, 
shoot, I had I, I had something else to say. Now I can't remember what it is. Did the brain take your cells again? Yeah. The brain stole all my cells. Um, I did finally beat Blaze Blue Entropy Effect. I did not get the perfect ending though. I'll just I'll be completely brutally honest with you. I, I screwed the pooch and and basically completed there's like there's a cutoff that stops certain things from happening and I hit it and and finally I was like, Oh screw it. So I so I've officially beat the game and I I've they, they do give you a a, a new game plus which allows you to keep a lot of the stuff, but all the all the story stuff gets reset, which is unfortunate because it takes for freaking ever to get some of the story stuff to uh, and quests to to advance. So that makes me sad, mm. just a little bit. But you like? The oh game. yeah, uh, it got absolutely just berserk nuts because my my attacks were so fast and stuff was just it was just colorful light displays by the end of the game. Um, but it, you know, I, I, I like, I, I liked it and my kids liked what me, uh, watched my kids liked watching me play it. They tried it, but they're like, we, we just, we can't, we can't figure it out. I'm like, ha ha ha. Yay. I, I figured something out. My kids can do, which is, Unfortunately, becoming rarer and rarer because usually it's the other way around. Which, by the way, if anyone out there is listening to this or watching this and you know how to install like the Pokemon flavor uh, of the, the Minecraft experience, hit me up because I cannot what? figure out how the hell to do it. And my, my eldest is like, Dad, it's supposed to be super easy to do. I'm like, I don't know. And you're doing it yourself, I was like, child. Yeah, here you go, bud. It's super easy. He could do it. They, that's what we should tell him. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Minecraft is a game I could never get into. It's just never. It just wasn't I the right time or whatever it was. I don't right. know. Um, okay. So I, I, I made mention of a company named Remedy. And uh, I, I did want to clear something up. And rem basically, the company Remedy uh, bought back control of their game Control uh, for $17 oh. million, uh, from the publisher 505 Games. Uh, they basically wanted to have the, the freedom to decide the best path forward because they want to make a sequel. Makes sense. So... Um, 505 will continue to be the publisher until the end of 2024, but after that, it is all uh, Remedy. So, Hopefully we will see another yes. one. That would be sweet. And uh, the, the, yet again, what Zelius was sending out is the unfortunate fate uh, of many games out there is hopefully we see this game actually happen. Uh, speaking of making things happen, there is, uh, to totally change gears, uh, there is an amazing uh, manga, graphic novel, whatever you want to call it, called Solo Leveling. Um, it, it, um, I was, when I read, I've, I've got the first three volumes of it. I'm like, man, this would make a great anime. Well, Crunchyroll basically heard the voice of the people and 
Crunchyroll made it happen. Uh, so the first season, Crunchyroll basically financed the whole damn thing. Okay, they're like, people want this. I have watch watched it? the first uh, as many episodes that are dubbed right now as the the number I've watched. Um, I just I, because I can't focus solely on the TV these days um, because I'm usually multitasking like a mofo. I have to have the dub version so that if I lose con- eye contact with the screen for a second because either a dog has run into a room that they're not supposed to be in or someone emails me or, or uh, you know, DMs me about something from work, uh, I don't basically have to pause and rewind to rewatch that scene. Now, if everyone just leave you alone while you're working so you can watch the anime. Exactly. Why is this such a problem? Why can't you just... Come on, people. I'm busy here working on things. I, I, I don't understand. I, I am trying to get stuff done, which that stuff involves uh, my checklist of anime I need to watch. Okay? I was going to say it includes reading for educational purposes to give you a better understanding of how That's the it. world works. Now, uh, speaking of anime, there is a, a fun anime out there that I think just wrapped up their first season on Netflix. Unfortunately, I think it's only nine episodes or maybe, yeah, I guess it's only nine episodes. It's called Delicious in the Dungeon. It centers around a dungeon, oh. a, a group of adventurers that go into the dungeon and they are in a real shoestring budget. And, uh, they actually so there's only nine available but they're still going to be releasing more episodes but basically because they're on the shoestring budget they don't have any supplies so they have to eat the mon- the monsters and it's all about like cooking different monsters like oh this monster would be great if you were to boil it in in this broth and it's it's a lot of fun sounds like they need to make a cookbook based on I, this i would not be surprised by the end of this season if there is not a uh, delicious in the dungeon cookbook. Um, but I will say that I find it uh, a great anime to watch while I'm eating lunch. This become my lunch anime. Unfortunately, it's one of those um, uh, shows on Netflix that receives a new episode every Thursday. So it's not, you can't just binge it, but uh, yeah. My, um, I actually have a new lunchtime uh-huh. TV show, is which I know I'm behind the time, but it just came out on Netflix as Brooklyn Nine Nine. Oh, I'm like, yeah, this is really good. I'm yeah, I am. You. I am very sad um, that the 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 actor who played the captain um, died. Yeah, he's great. He's oh great God, he's phenomenal. Show. They're all great. I, I yeah. loved every single character. They are. Uh, um, yeah, it'd be like. 22 minute episodes it's like it's perfect for the little lunch yep. break during the day so that's my current addiction well my current addiction is if i can't find an anime to watch i just basically go down the rabbit hole and crunchy roll and just select something that seems interesting and then i watch an episode of it and i can't tell you how many after watching one episode i'm like yeah no that's not for me Nice. Yep. That's or I get that. I watch one and I'm like, wow, this makes me feel not good. Like it I I don't I don't <laughs> I, I I feel like 
dirty for watching this. Ah, uh, yeah. one of those. I, yes. You definitely get that as an, in the anime. And you can't always no. tell from the previews. Like, it looks like, and it's just normal anime. And you watch it like, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, uh-huh. Yep. 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 My teams better not have an open camera yeah, for this exactly. right now. Anyways, so, um, but uh, yeah, I think that's uh, all I got on the agenda there, Zelis. Um, uh, I am going to, oh, I've been playing a game. It is not for everyone. I will tell you this right now. It will bore the absolute piss out of a lot of people, but I find it very interesting. And it's a game, and I, I think I've made mention of this game before, but it's called um, it's called Chance of Sonar. Uh, mm. It is a game, it's basically like you are at the bottom of uh, basically the Tower of Babel-esque like type of situation where you have, you walk around this, this level, this area, and you're going to see, uh, words, uh, written everywhere. And you'll be talking to people and none of it's going to make sense. But what you're doing is you're trying to basically learn and translate what you're seeing to basically you're, you're basically building these, uh, dialect so that you can get past to the next stage. So far, I'm on the third one, and it is it's mm. it's a lot of fun. It it is a little bit um, nerve wracking when, uh, in order to make sure that you are getting the words right, they do these random like, uh, they stop the action. They you open up your notebook, and then there'll be like a picture of. Uh, let's just say a warrior, uh, a musical instrument, and the sun. And so you have to find, you have to correlate the picture to the the word and whatever the the dialect that your area is. You have to pick and select, and if you get all three right, then it locks it in. And so you know you have it right. Um, it's 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 a fun game. Uh, I was thinking about doing a playthrough of it, but then. Um, in order to do the playthrough, I literally would have to have a cheat sheet of all the words. Otherwise it'd just take me too damn long. Um, and I thought about, well, you know, I'll just take a screenshot of, of all the, the words when they're in the right place. But here's the issue. Your dictionary gets filled by the, the word when you first encounter that word. So every single yep. playthrough, if I don't go in the exact same order, my the words will show up in a different order, or the letters or whatever, the symbols will show up in a different order, and so I won't be able to cross-reference quickly. So uh, I'm, I've thrown that, that idea of doing a playthrough of that game out the window. I'm just going to complete the game. Uh, and then write the review. <laughs> and then, of course, I still got to write the Blaze Blue Entropy Effect um uh, review and oh by the way if anyone was tuned in on Sunday I I gr- deeply apologize that it took me basically three attempts to find a game that wouldn't crash basically upon load I wanted to play something different and that was my first mistake um, I play I tried to play a game called Martha is Dead and it crashed and I tried to play a game called Methods oh, no. and it just locked up on the load screen I'm like well fine we're playing Blaze Blue Entropy Effect and that's when I beat it. Um, it was a mess. It was a message to I, go I back guess. to him. I don't know. Uh, and uh, I will say that uh, you know, 
the wonderful thing about Steam uh, is that a lot of times you have these Steam achievements. Uh, and I, to be, to play to the end of the story, I am, uh, I'm quite in the minority. 9.8% of players have this achievement. So less than 10%. I'm in, I'm in, I'm in, you know, this amazing Uber, uh, elite group right now until more people play. You are I very am. Special. Damn it. I you am. Very- but you go to you should go to bed telling yourself I'm special. You you don't do that? I do that every night. Nope, I just go to bed sneezing and coughing into my cat hair. Uh, well, I do that with dog hair, so mm, uh, yes. but anyways, um I think we've come to a good end for the show. Um uh, I do want to thank everyone for tuning in to the Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. For myself, Charlie, and Zelius, it's been a pleasure getting everything from our heads, our mouths, and, of course, our hearts. We'll be back next Thursday for another Ultra Confusion Thursday Night Hangout. And remember, kids, keep on gaming in the free world. world.